Welcome to Face Your Faith with West Kenyon. It is our hope that today's study will encourage you to grow deeply in your relationship with God as we study the Word together. Now let's join West for today's study. Today our topic is on idols, and we will be taking a look at the idols in each and every one of our lives. You say, however, you don't participate in that kind of thing. No idol worship for you because you know it's wrong and God doesn't approve? Well, I hope you listen to the end and find out just how many idols you more than likely do have in your life. So idol worship has been a part of human existence since the beginning of time. And we're going to start right there, at the beginning of humanity, and that with Adam and Eve. And poor Adam and Eve seem to have set the stage for every kind of disaster and every disaster we have been struggling with ever since they decided to take up their desire of idol worship. And idols are nothing less than something to take the place of God for their perceived betterment of our lives. Yes, something greater than what God could do for us, and in this case, something greater than what God was doing for them. We all know the story well. Eve was tempted by the serpent, the devil, ate the forbidden fruit, gave some to Adam, and the rest is life. So what became their idols on that life-destroying day? Three things. The serpent, the fruit, and knowledge. That's what they ended up falling down and worshiping that day. Adam and Eve put these three things before God. And we will discover we are all caught up in doing the exact same thing every day of our lives. And with that, we are going to look at the idols Adam and Eve took hold of in order. We start with the serpent, again, or Satan himself showing up in the garden and hanging out in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and all in the hopes to sell her some fruit with life-altering ingredients that would make her as wise as God, knowing both good and evil. And who could resist that? Think about it. You and I would be getting in line at 2 a.m. tomorrow morning or maybe camping out a few days before in front of whatever store was putting that fruit on sale. In fact, we would probably try to buy bags full of that fruit in hopes that if one bite was good, eating one a day as part of a well-balanced diet would absolutely put us in complete control of the universe. To think you could be the superhero of superheroes, knowing all, seeing all, and living with unstoppable power. Or perhaps you would buy a bag of this fruit in hopes the price would skyrocket in a few days and everyone that didn't get some would want it so badly you could sell it on eBay for quadruple what you paid for it. And now, not only would you be a smart and powerful superhero, you would be a crazy rich powerful superhero. Doesn't that sound kind of thrilling to imagine and dream about for even just a second? To think you would have all the knowledge, all the answers, all the power. You'd be like God. But why waste time dreaming about all this when in reality it can be yours? Just go for it. Just reach out and grab it and take a big old bite. And then make sure you are loving and caring enough to share it with someone closest to you that you really love. And we see here the first account of humanity, fully desperate and insatiably hungry to find something bigger and better than perfect, bigger and better than God. Adam and Eve exchanged the God who created them, the very God that took care of them, the God that gave them perfect perfectness, the very God that clearly warned them. He told them, if you eat of this fruit, you will die and face the worst kind of existence. It will be like nothing you have ever experienced before, and it will be everything you will regret if you eat that fruit. And with all of that, and all of the knowledge they currently had, 
they still unashamedly fell down and worshipped not just the tempter, Satan, but the fruit for its beauty, and they worshipped the astonishing results of power and wisdom and knowledge of being like God. And there we have our three idols in one go, and each one supported the other. Now let's break this down. So Eve started out by putting her faith in Satan and trusting that he knew better than God, and that he, Satan, would serve to advance her to the next level, and that she would ultimately be in a much better place giving herself to something else other than God to get what sounded good, and there we have our idol, number one. Then we come to the second idol that worked hand in hand with the first, and that was the fruit. And according to God's word, it is very beautiful fruit, and the beautiful fruit held the power to unlock her future. And then we have the third idol, and that of falling head over heels with the power that would be unleashed by the fruit, and that of wielding cosmic knowledge, no less than God's knowledge. And I think it is very interesting that Satan did not attempt to convince Eve to just change and turn from God and worship him directly and follow his lead. I believe Satan knew and knows very well today that would be pointless, but by using other objects that appeared good and great and turn the focus on something other than himself would be far more appealing and far more persuasive. But let's take this one step further and bring this closer to home. If a door-to-door -door salesperson stopped by your house today to sell you something, their first goal is to get you to put your complete trust in them. Now the next step is once they have gained your trust and acceptance in them, they can now spend the rest of their time working on getting their product, which is the real intent of being at your door, into your hands and into your life. Now the product is the focus, and they are just secondary to the whole equation. Now they are the voice behind the product. Now the product is talking to you, and so you are drawn into it rather than the stranger in front of you. And once you have faith in this salesperson and build a relationship with the product, it is now very easy to accept all the claims about the product, at which point you take the bait and bite down real hard on it. If I didn't know better, I'd say it sounds just like fishing as well. And that is exactly what Satan did. He went fishing and he got himself a prize catch. And he ended up with two on one hook, Adam and Eve. Isn't Satan an amazing door-to-door -door salesman or fisherman? And like door-to-door -door salespeople and fishermen, most are very, very persistent, very interested in working desperately hard to try and convince or lure us, and bent on making you take possession of their product or bait at all cost. They are going to sell a product, and they are going to catch at least one fish by the end of the day. Now let's look at this scenario from a different perspective, and that of keeping the salesperson from having the focus on themselves. So what if a salesperson came to the door and simply said, I need you to follow me and deny your family and simply know that I can provide everything you need, and you will be better off just following me. Very likely, and hopefully you would say, you're out of your mind, I'm calling the police, and get off my property now. And this is exactly why Satan does not want to keep our focus on him. He wants to move us as quickly as possible to the object of desire, the thing he is trying to sell us, and the faster he can do that, the better chance he has of making the sale. Consider this, the longer we focus on the salesperson, in this case Satan, 
the more likely it will be that we recognize him and what he is up to, and then it becomes very likely that we would react by slamming the door in his face. And every day, our idols are sold to us this exact way. Someone comes to us and says, this is the best thing ever. You have got to have it. It's amazing. Just look at it. You say, well, I don't know if that's something I need right now. They say, but look at it. Just look at it. Don't look at me. There is no way you could live without this thing. It will do everything it claims to do and so much more. It will change your life. Then you end up saying after looking at it and studying it, well, it does really look like a great thing. It sounds great. And if it's good for making my life that much better, then I would be stupid not to have it. Okay, I'll go ahead and take it. How much? Here's the thing. One could argue that I am simply describing the lack of sales resistance or a weak-willed person, someone who is gullible and easily taken. And your response is, but that's not me. I don't fall for that kind of nonsense. No one tricks me into buying anything. I decide that on my own. Oh yeah? Well, I know for a fact that you and I have a ton of stuff in our house, in the house of our life, that you bought because you saw it advertised on TV or heard about it on the radio or a really good friend or family member told you about a thing or two that you had to have in order to keep up with the latest trends of society and that it would make you smarter, cooler, more hip or be the first on the block to have it. And there is a very good chance you bought into it and it was all driven by pressure from sources well outside of yourself. The bait was dangled in front of you and you bit down. None of us are immune, and we will fall for this all the time, and all because we are hungry to have more, know more, and brag more, and here it is, have more things to worship that will supposedly make us happier. We love our stuff that we can worship, things that make us feel better, things that improve our lives, etc., and we love to have the things in our lives that take the place of God. Yes, even if you claim to be a strong, well-grounded Christian. Don't we often say things like, I need something more in my life. I deserve more and some downtime to do the me things. And then we find the things to run to as our drug to calm us and soothe our souls. And some of those things look like this, calling a friend, going shopping and finding something nice to buy, going and seeing a movie, going to the bar or out to dinner, going on a long vacation, finding a new house, maybe a new car, bigger TV, and you get the drift. Now maybe you could say that none of these things are really idols, but they can and easily do become our idols and simply because in the list I just read, we have completely extracted God. Nowhere in this scenario did we go to God first to give us what we needed in our life. In this scenario, it was me who decided what I wanted to satisfy my desires and my happiness and my cravings and to have to do, and to be whatever I desired. And by the very virtue of putting any one of these things before God, it turned every one of them into idols. Again, this is exactly what Satan sells us all day long, and we are regularly buying it in bulk. And often when we first get our idols, the latest car, house, electronics, cutting edge this and that, crazy vacations, etc., we bask in their presence. We can't wait to see them, use them, get them, embrace them, and spend all the time we can with them. And that sounds exactly like idols and idol worship. Ah, but you say, I'm in a completely different place in my life. I don't have any money 
or time to have all that nice stuff you're talking about. I'm stuck in my ratty house in a rotten job with a rotten family and loser friends. I drive a car that's ugly and falling apart and can barely keep it running and keep gas in it. And I live on ramen and can't afford vacations. And it's not at all fair that I have to live like this. And as you can see, I don't have any of those idols. Ah, but you too do have your idols and bow down to them regularly. Your idols are misery and disappointment and anger and hostility and self-pity and discouragement. These two are very real idols that Satan sells us on a regular basis. And these things too take the place of God. We need to make sure we keep the understanding that anything that distracts us from focusing on God, good things or bad things, positive things or negative things in our life, and if any of these things come before God, they are idols, and when we dwell on them, we are giving our time to them, and that is when we worship them. Do you see how easy it is to buy into everything else but God, whether you are rich or poor? I will gladly be the first to admit that when I'm down, angry, frustrated, whatever, I don't typically ever go to God first, but I do run and turn quickly to all my stuff or turn to all the stuff I don't have and hunt how to fix myself with my stuff or wallow in how deprived I am and start to hunt for more idols. In the same way, when something really amazing happens to me, I am just as likely to feel proud and good about myself and honor the good thing rather than going directly to God in unbelievable gratitude and praise. With that, let's take a look at Exodus 20, verse 3. You must not have any other gods before me. And anything we put before God to find contentment, freedom, satisfaction, peace, acceptance, whatever it might be, we are using it as our God, lowercase g. Those things become a God or gods, and it is idol worship, and all because it is fully apart from worshiping God. So let's keep going and take a look at a few more very powerful idols. Just in case you haven't been able to relate to our previous list of idols, we are going to take a look at these. Food, sex, money, power, work, gambling, illegal drugs, legal drugs, alcohol, tobacco, caffeine, TV, laziness, worry, perfectionism, stressing, exercise, jealousy, and the need of being number one. And obviously that is just a few of the biggies. And how many of us have a bunch of these idols in our lives? And no matter how much or how little money we have, these idols are common to everyone. And all of these are very inclusive of every race, of every man, woman, child, and on every continent. These are the idols we fall down and worship in some form on a daily basis. In fact, we spend more time on our knees worshiping this stuff and talking to each other about this stuff than we ever talk to God and pursue God like we do those idols. And every one of us ultimately lives by at least one of these idols day to day. So what are we supposed to do with all of this since we are all in this together and we are all enticed by Satan selling us so many things every day? And what can we legitimately do to get out from under our idol worship? Simply go to God before you go to your idols. And when you consistently go to God before you go to your idols, you will soon forget about your idols and they will no longer be needed. And your desire to worship them will go away because all of your needs are truly being met by God and you are satisfied in him. That's nice, you say. 
But if it were that simple, I wouldn't have idols in the first place. Ah, but that's not true. Because you and I took time out of our lives to engage with every one of our idols Satan sold us to begin with. We bought hook, line, and sinker into what he dangled in front of us because we made the decision that God was not enough. We made a very conscious decision to engage with other things outside of God. So if we are capable and disciplined and determined enough to collect the idols in the first place and buy into them, all we need to do is turn the same capability, discipline, and determination around and dump the idols and turn back to God and rely on Him. This is about discipline. It's about taking the harder road, not the easier road. It's about doing the inventory of what we have and what we don't have and what we need to keep and what we need to throw out. This is not rocket science. Rather, it is a choice, a decision, and passion as to whether or not we are going to seek the truth or seek lies, whether or not we will seek God or whether or not we will seek Satan. Let's look again at God's word in Matthew 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Here we see directly all of these things are choices, and the choices are all ours through free will. But does God really mean we can't have a few innocent idols to mess around with? You know the fun, harmless ones? After all, life is short, and once I'm in heaven, I won't be able to do all of the fun things here on earth. So I think God will be okay if I have a bit of fun here and now, and he understands I'm not perfect, and we all struggle with stuff. And that attitude is certainly very common, but nonetheless still very wrong and very misguided. Does God understand what we are doing and what we want to do and what we like to do? Yes, he absolutely does, but that does not change God's mind on whether it is right or wrong. God does not do what we do and say, well, it's not the best thing for you, but it's okay because I know you aren't trying to be disobedient. Not at all. In the eyes of God, it is either right or it is wrong. It either honors him or it dishonors him. It will either drive us closer to him or it will drive us farther away from him. And we will either worship God or we will worship our idols. Again, just go back to Matthew 6, 24. Look at Adam and Eve. God never said to them, well, guys, since you are the first two people on the planet, and I know that's got to be rough on you, and you haven't had anyone to really show you what doing wrong looks like, I will give you one more chance to get it right. No. God said, I told you what would happen if you put this fruit in front of me. And the moment you do it, it will result in your misery and death. And that is final. And so it is that all of the things we serve every day outside of God, all of the fruit we pick and eat, all of the things we are enticed by, the idols that are going to make life all better and make us happy, all lead to misery. Remember this, as believers, God will not let us enjoy anything if we are not enjoying it through Him with thanksgiving and praise as the giver of all our joy and contentment. Is that a harsh God? No. Is it a loving God? Yes. Because when we are in love with God, seeking Him before all things, putting Him first, we will truly be happy, full of joy and full of peace, and our contentment will be inexplicable. Can we have fun? Yes. Can we have things in our lives to enjoy? Yes, we can. 
Can we go on vacation? Of course. Can we have money and cars and food? Yes. God never says we can't have and enjoy these things, but we must be content with whatever we have or don't have and making sure we do not put one of those things ever before God, ever. So how do you know if you have any idols in your life? If you right now would struggle with having one or all of your possessions stripped from you, completely taken away, then those things are your idols. Those are the things you hold dear to yourself and are the things that make you and complete you and are a part of your life along with God. And there we have the condensed version of it. God will not accept being a part of our lives. He will only contend with being the only thing in our lives, or we will never be satisfied in any way, and we will always be looking for other things to help meet our needs, along with God. Ask yourself, if I lost everything but the clothes on my back right now, would I fully and without doubt believe God is all I need? Let's pray. Most gracious Lord and Father, we come to you in worship. We come to you as our only source of life, our only source of help and satisfaction. Keep us from the love of idols, from buying into the quick fixes that we want and that we buy into from Satan. Help us to look to you for our strength and nothing else. Father, forgive us for our wayward attitudes and for our regular desires to find other things outside of you to take care of us and to supply us with our needs. Forgive us for being arrogant and self-serving in your sight. Thank you inasmuch that you have provided ultimate forgiveness through your Son, even in the face of our disobedience and our love for so many things outside of you. Give us the strength and courage to fight the good fight and strive to follow hard after you in all things and in all ways. And now we ask all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior.